0: Hey everybody! I'm Jared Milrad, I'm the founder of Movie Karma, we're the nonprofit organization that created our podcast here called Rewriting Hollywood, which is focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, and social impact through the power of storytelling. Uh, I'm really excited to have conversation today about the film uh, Wildcat. We have a special guest um, from the film who'll be talking about her journey, her story. Um, she's also one of the subjects of the project. Um, which is going to be releasing the attribute December 21st and also on Amazon Prime Video December 30th. Our guest today is Samantha Zwicker, um, who is an American scientist who in the film we see has a plan to kind of return an orphaned ocelot to the wild and really is doing incredible work rescuing uh, wildlife and rehabilitating them in the Amazon rainforest. Um, and Samantha's joining us today. Samantha, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, so let's dive right in. Uh, Samantha, tell us a little bit about just your journey um, for folks obviously who haven't seen the film yet, leading up to the film, and how did you get involved in the work down there of rescuing uh, wildlife?
1: Oof, loaded question. Um, (laughs) So I went to Peru for research, actually. I went to go and and research these um, wild cat populations um, with camera traps. Um, so I went there for research and kind of stayed because I saw the conservation need for this particular region called Las Piedras. And then I started a nonprofit my, my second year there called Oja Nueva. And we, um, in the beginning, focused a lot on agroforestry, community development issues. And it really morphed into a, a rewilding project based off of everything that we went, we went through with Con and Kianu. So um, since then, 2020 hits, and we are, you know, the first carnivore specialized rehabilitation and rewilding center in Peru. And that has a lot to do with the, the animals that you see in this film.
0: Yeah, it really, really does. This is a great um, mission and a great story. Um, as Harry mentioned in our earlier interview, Con and Keanu, for folks who haven't seen the film, but two, two of the rescued ocelots, uh, these kind of wild cats that we get to know uh, who were orphaned um, and, and and you both kind of helped to, to raise up and rehabilitate. Talk us through a little bit, Santa, if you will, about just these specific cats and um since i know that's you know part of your expertise like like for folks who aren't familiar with ocelots you know kind of who are who are these guys and and why are they so difficult to to rehabilitate and why is it such a you know an important thing for you to work on
1: yeah um so ocelots you know neotropical felids in general are um, have not really been rewilded successfully. There's been a couple cases over time, but this was really, like Keanu really was the first documented case of rewilding. Um, and that's just because of, like small cats, medium cats are a little bit harder to work with than bigger cats. Um, and so there's been some more rewilding work done in places like Africa, but just in Sa- South America, specifically in the lowland Amazon, um, it just hasn't been done a lot. And that has a lot to do with how challenging the environment is to work in. Um, And, you know, Khan and Kianu coming to us as, as, you know, cubs, as babies, is very different than, you know, them coming from different situations. Um, Every animal we've received, which is now over 20 cats later, (laughs) um, they all come with their own, you know, personalities from different backgrounds, um, some that are, you know, you know, physically abused by people, some from as people's pets um, from zoos that have been, you know, traumatized psychologically. And I think it's, you know, in this film, you see two ocelots that kind of came to us as like this, like perfect setting to like mold into being a wild cat. And it's often not that way. So it's a really, it's a really special story. Um, but we, you know, we do rewilding completely different than what you see in the film. Um, it mm. was kind of like the first tester and like learning all the things to do and not to do more importantly, and learning from those mistakes because those mistakes had to be made to develop what we have today.
0: Yeah. I'm curious on that quickly, if you could share something like, how do you, how do you go about today? And um you know, because uh, again, the film, it does sure look very, very, very challenging. And you are kind of learning as you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, we take on these cases, and we raise these animals for sometimes two or three years. And of course, you're going to develop a relationship with them on some level. Um, in in the film, you see that the, the, like the relationship between Harry and Keanu, especially was, was, you know, beyond a bond essentially. There is a little bit more of an an attachment and that's why Keanu comes, you know, back and it's just um we've learned so much since then that we have at Ohanweven now um integrated our enclosures into the natural environment. For example, they're able to interact with both their predators and prey in a natural setting. And then we just have minimal human contact. And that's been vital in the development of, in their development, in the development of our our success in our center. We've released six wild cats since Keanu um, with great success. And, um, you know, we just learn from each one individually and, you know, just try to minimize our you know involvement as much as possible from the very beginning Um, beyond that baby stage which they definitely need you for but beyond that um, beyond that they don't and we're able to let them become independent on their own
0: yeah that's amazing and i love that work i was sharing with harry i you know started my own life doing a lot of wildlife you know volunteering and and um it's just such important work i recommend anyone who can access those spaces even around you uh and those animals um if they're not even if they're not oscillates in the, in the rainforest to to have that connection i wonder if you could just talk a little about some of the challenges now on the ground for these animals and for other species in the, in the region down there um And, and, you know, how you see things since the film was made, which during the film, we obviously do see a lot of, like you said, logging, poaching, a lot of challenges to the animals.
1: Yeah. So those challenges still exist. And I think, you know, the biggest one being habitat destruction in different forms, you know, whether it's logging or or mining. Um, The destruction of these natural places is what causes people to come across or more easily capture wild animals. And so, and that's also perpetuated by things like, tourism you know people visiting areas of Latin America and um, purchasing wildlife parts it's very common um, there's a huge national trade for wildlife parts. It's lucrative, and so it's participated in there's a high demand and so, a huge part for for Ohanueva now is decreasing that demand as much as possible and really trying to address the root causes of why we receive so many animals, not just cats, but why we receive so many calls per week of animals being kept as pets or being taken from their environment and um yeah, the issues are are difficult, I think you know it's it's hard for people to understand it also from the outside must look like a really amazing job sometimes but we go through a lot of heartbreak to be able to get to one success you know and it's and it's a lot for any normal person to endure especially if you are compassionate about animals and you want the best for for them so I think that's a huge challenge as well as just like making it through as people um, and and keeping on going
0: yeah, I'd love to hear more about that because it is it is really taxing work um, for folks who know a wildlife rehab or even here in the U.S. or, or someone who's in this work um, or has done it themselves. It's really, really difficult. Like you said, I'm sure you do get connected and bonded with a lot of these animals, if not all of them, um, and have such an intimate relationship with them as you're working with them. Um talk us through a little bit about because I know a lot of this film, of course, is about mental health um for Harry, but also I imagine for you as well, of course. Um what are some of those challenges that you faced during the making of the film for your own well-being, own uh, mental health, but also just in general, like you said, with all these pressures of you know, external pressures and then sort of the challenge of just raising these animals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at that point the biggest challenge and the biggest pressure was like being hyper aware that this animal is being raised by people when it shouldn't be and so like you know how do we go about that and you know that this animal should have been here in the wild and it should have been with its mom and like you're you're just really hyper aware of all of that the entire process and and like what to do differently or improve on and i think that's a huge challenge um and then of course like it's compounded by things like people filming <laughs> you know it's just that mm-hmm. would come naturally to anyone i think so um and and people filming you and not just the project you know like Melissa and Trevor were really great about not um they never were able to like have contact and film Keanu for example so that was all done by us and mostly Harry and it just like you know those but filming the people part I think was something I had to get used to um I wasn't super you know natural with it in the beginning. and, you know, I I didn't share anything about my story or my past until like three months before they left Peru. (laughs) So, so, you know, there's Mm -hmm. just like, I think people react to it differently and maybe some people are more natural with it, but um, it's, it's hard to be, to be, to be filmed. Um, A lot of the film is about, um, you know, our relationship and like more personal things. So it, it's, yeah, seeing that, seeing that up big is you know also difficult <laughs> um, it's a wild ride basically.
0: yeah I can imagine what what do you how do you feel about it now I asked Harry kind of a similar question but sort of how do you feel about looking back at this time in your life now like are you able to kind of watch the film all the way through like you know how do you feel about it
1: yeah I mean I it's such like a mixed bag of feelings I think I just look at it as like this was a learning experience in so many ways. And in a lot of ways it was the origin story of Ojanueva today and of, you know, myself. And I try to look at it that way because it's like, you know it's it's a lot to have those like personal things and like my first couple of years ever in Peru, like, you know broadcasted. <laughs> so um, <laughs> but I just try to focus on the good. And, and like, you know, for me, that's raising awareness for some of these issues that you get peeks at in the film, you know, a little bit of wildlife trafficking and logging and raising awareness about those and, and about our efforts today and, and getting people to get involved in, in the conversation and also hopefully, you know, supporting our cause.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's my last question, Samantha, in these last two minutes, is just, you know, what is your hope that comes out of this film? You mentioned raising awareness, um, which is incredibly important. Uh, I'd imagine, you know, perhaps you want people to get more involved. Uh, I don't know if that's something you, you feel, but, like, you know, folks watch this, to hear about the story, hopefully see the documentary, Um you know, I guess maybe a two-parter. What can folks do when they see it? What's your hope that people do if they want to get involved? But also kind of where are we in this journey with, with, you know, trying to make our planet a little bit healthier and trying to give these animals a shot?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my biggest plan of takeaway, there's so many, but raising awareness and um, for some of the issues that kind of take a little bit of a backseat, I think, you know, people educating themselves on these issues, educating the people around them, um i like to you know promote responsible sustainable tourism and consumerism i think those are huge like daily things and now that traveling's back up and running I think it's really important that people you know really focus on the efforts they're supporting and not supporting even more importantly right Um, and then you know OHA as a nonprofit, you know we rely on donations we rely on people coming down to visit us and no they're not allowed to go near the animals but we do have a research center we do accept you know interns and researchers and people who want to come and experience the jungle so that's huge too Um, but yeah we're we're reliant on people caring about these efforts and, and hopefully Wild, like Wildcat helps people to care about the ocelots and all of the future cons and Kianus that we have in our care currently.
0: I love that. And, and where can folks get involved? What's, what's your site? Where can folks get involved with the nonprofit?
1: Yeah, it's ojanueva.org, H-O-J-A-N-U-E-V-A, N-U-E-V-A.org.
0: Great, okay. Yeah, I hope folks check that out. Um, it's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful project. Again, the the document is called Wildcat um samantha's our our guest today Uh, i hope folks check it out when it's out uh in theaters december 21st or on amazon prime video the 30th of december um samantha thank you again for being on it was was really lovely having you on
1: yeah thank you for the questions thanks for having me